0: 3D. Hello, Anyone? Nugget. Hey, boys.
1: We're back. Episode
0: number one. 63.
1: Every time we do an episode, it's been a long time between episodes, hasn't it, boys?
0: The first one of 2022. That's right.
2: Bit bit of a hiatus. COVID's almost got us all. So yeah. we could
0: have uh, we we could have done this uh, part a couple of days ago, but we thought we'd. Uh, let a few things pass and a few things come to light in order for us to have some more clarity on what we're going to talk about tonight and all that's happened. So we feel like we've uh, we've got a good episode coming up, first one of the year, 2022, our fourth year of sports and spit. Four years, eh? What a
1: development we've had. And, and haven't we gotten better as we've gone along, boys? Like, I feel like we've improved markably. Don't you think? We you
0: but the frequency of episodes have dripped. But uh, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a case of uh, quality and not quantity.
2: That's yeah. right. That's right. Although I am feeling the pressure, like a U.S. president, I think we've we might have uh, reached our term, and there are
1: no, no, mate. I think the thing is, is that we're more a little. We're probably more like Vladimir Putin, mate. You know, like there's exactly. uh, there's not a whole lot of opposition candidates that are willing to stand up against us at this particular point in time. Exactly. And that's, and the internet has no filter on who posts on it, so
0: everybody gets a chance.
2: Fuck so, yeah. yeah! Four more years. Four more years.
3: <laughs> four more years.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we're in the year four now, and uh, we'll see if uh, our contract gets renewed for another four at the end. So, absolutely. But, uh, how many uh, How many episodes do you want to hit by the end of the year? Is is eighty our goal? Get to eighty and do year five and hit a hundred.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable. What would that be? One every... Well, that's probably fairly ambitious, actually. It's probably one every couple of weeks, isn't it? We don't seem to have that sort of frequency. So.
0: Well, we, 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 we've done three. This is our four. So if we can get to 80 by the end of the year, yeah, uh, year five will take us to 100. That's um, pretty okay. slow going by podcast terms. Yep. well. well. But, uh, but anyway, we're here, 2022. A lot has happened since January 1st. Um, so we're going to focus on probably three of the, the major stories for this current period of of, of uh, January, February. Uh, number one being currently over in Beijing, the only ever city to host a winter and summer games. Yep. Beijing 2022.
1: The Winter Olympics. Hasn't it been pretty good? It has. Yeah. Have you but, been... You, you to say? Oh, no, it's okay. Keep going.
0: I was going to say, I, I was quite surprised um, watching some of the telecast at just how little the crowds have been. I, I would have expected that China would have been showing out a bit more with uh, some bums on seats. So some of the, spec- the spectatorship has been uh, uh, not what I had expected.
1: Well, they've been going through another COVID outbreak with Omicron running rampant through the country. And I think the crowds have been uh, deliberately limited yeah. um, in some in some venues. So the indoor venues predominantly. Um, so it was a little bit like obviously Tokyo where effectively the Olympics are being held in a bubble, the outdoor events. So I think you noticed uh, a couple of days ago, the women, i oh, sorry, the men's snowboard half pipe had a massive crowd, um, but that's an outdoor event. Can't really prevent people coming. So they just let it rip with that. But a lot of the indoor yeah. venues may have, have still got capacity limitations on them, I believe.
0: Well, it's a, I guess it's a nice acknowledgement for China who, um, you know, have been criticised for uh, the disclosure of um, of the effects of COVID uh, there. But I guess all, all their eyes are on them. So from an optics point of view, they're um, seemingly doing the right thing in the indoor spaces. Um,
1: yeah, and what about some of the venues, eh? Like the... Uh... <clears throat> To the, the skiing big air venue right next to the uh, nuclear power plant there? That wasn't that pre- – like, that was picturesque, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: picturesque. Was everyone lovely. just glowing. It was fantastic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the redundant power station, that was fantastic. What a great location for a venue. But I guess if you've uh, if you've lived in China, if you've ever visited, you realise that basically that's the landscape. So, uh, yeah, if you don't want it there, then pff, find another spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, but just whack an Olympic – Sticker on it, and that'll be okay.
0: Uh, on the we've been stand. very critical of uh, Channel 7's coverage of the summer games, um, the last few, uh, yeah. and it's always been a bit of a bugbear of um, you know, us. Uh, I guess because we have interest in, in varying sports, and what we like isn't necessarily what the TV viewers uh, or TV programmers want to show all the time. But uh, how have you found the, the coverage of the winter games? So I haven't really had an issue with it thus far, I think they're pretty much uh. I've given
1: it a, a, a good spread. A well, yeah. You have an opinion, no? I've got an opinion. Well,
2: I know you've got the app and you know, you can flick whichever channel you want. But again, I think channel seven has been shit again in that. Uh, well, last night we had our sled. I don't know her name. I'm sure you Skeleton. didn't. Know. Skeleton. There you go. Yep.
0: Yeah. Jacqueline and,
2: Yep. And yeah, again, they kept jumping around between that and some, figure skating of some unknown bloody countries and yeah yeah there was a big air competition on before that and they were showing again a figure skating of some unknowns that didn't qualify or
1: yeah it yeah yeah, it's been pretty rough like i it's hard though like the scheduling because of the time difference with beijing so what we have to remember is that the Olympic Committee is driven purely by TV money as well, right? Like more than any other sport, as most sports are. But the Summer Olympics rates its head off in America and they pay a huge amount of money for it, the TV rights. And so a lot of the finals, no matter what time zone they're being held in, are scheduled for the US TV audience so that they're in prime time. Um, And uh, the Winter Olympics rates its head off in Europe, and obviously, a lot of TV money comes from there. And so the finals are scheduled mainly for them. So we are seeing, even though Beijing is only about three hours behind us, a lot of the finals are on 1, 2 o'clock. Well, probably not 1 o'clock, maybe like 11, between 11 and 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the difficult thing for Channel 7 is there's not much live content to go to. And that's why you see them jumping around to stuff. Right, Um, or the finals and the the medals are getting given out between 12 o'clock in the day and two o'clock in the day. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And so they, so you, you, they replay it, right? So through our prime time, they're trying to put together a package of what's happened during the day, plus throw in a bit of live stuff here and there. But I feel like they've done that really poorly. Like, and they haven't used the app very well. Every time you go to the app, um, it's showing the same replays from four or five days earlier. Yeah. Whereas I want to, I want to, I wanted to go and watch all the skeleton runs and watch all of them and cycle through and go. Oh, I want to, I want to see everybody come down and see what the competitions like, you know. Um, so yeah, I've been a bit disappointed, Streedy. I haven't, I haven't really enjoyed watching it, but I knew that I wouldn't. I knew they would struggle with this um, because of that time zone difference.
0: Yeah, one uh, one refreshing constant is Basil Semple's soothing um, oh, tones.
1: <laughs> Perth, Perth's greatest export. Basil the, first the man. except for yeah. except
0: for except for when he goes on his side profile. Yeah, he has a nose that rivals Bill Laurie's but you know, yeah, you don't you don't often see that from the from the front on camera angle.
1: Yep, Basil. Yeah. Uh, I do. Know. There's been some. They haven't employed. What they've struggled with, I feel like, is some commentators for specific sports that know kind of what they're doing. So we're used to this is the tr- the challenge with Winter Olympics for Australians is finding people that are knowledgeable enough to commentate on the games. So you get someone like a Lydia Lassler, who, because she was a freestyle, like, aerial skier, they say, oh, you'll probably be right to commentate on, say, snowboard border cross, right? And she knows, but she doesn't, you know, like, she's kind of, it's a bit of a stretch, you know? Yeah. Um, I In particular, the guys who commentated on... Uh, they were commentating mostly on the snowboard halfpipe, but they did the um, the slope style, so like they're coming down the mountain and jumping up onto the shred shed and doing all that sort was of that stuff. that the same that blokes we
0: that commentated the um, Olympic BMX?
1: Oh, uh, it might have been. Yeah, I think so. Right, but yeah. but they would often they'd you know, an athlete had finished their run and they'd go, "Oh, did they do a seven twenty or a? Or was that a five forty or like? Oh, I think that was a method grab and. They know the names, but they're not attuned to picking it up as it happens, you know, Um, which is difficult because then as a person who doesn't necessarily know the sport either, you go, fuck, if you don't know it's very good, I don't know it's very good. So, like, I'm not really getting excited about it. So, anyway. But down most successful ones. The Australian team's most successful. Four medals
0: down, And You were quoted on social media saying that uh, should we get five medals as a nation, you would uh, dress up as Rainbow Bright.
1: Yes, I did say that. Full costume. And, full costume. Yep, full Tip costume. Yep, I did say that. And for,
0: uh, we, 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 one medal off. I was watching uh, Jacqueline's um, skeleton run last night live, actually. Oh, I yeah. Was up at nice. 2 a.m. Uh, yep. for some yep. reason. Yep. Um, and then I just sort of was drifting in our in sleep and woke up just as Jacqueline came on to do to, to her final run. Yep. And she uh, went into the gold medal position, only to be picked by a 21 year old German. Yep. Um, who claimed gold? But nevertheless, a great effort for a uh, first ever in, in, a, in a sliding event. Yeah, uh, in the games, um, that's a heck of a sport, skeleton. The speeds. Oh, it's Head crazy! First.
2: It's crazy in that we. Were, I was talking with wife while we we're watching it last night, and just imagine going down your first ever run.
3: On it. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> this is what I don't understand. Is for a lot of those sports, imagine going down on your first ever run.
0: The toboggan run at Perisher just doesn't prepare you for it.
2: We were no. saying like that and the like the jump, ski jump. Your very first one. Yep. Holy Absolutely.
0: That's <laughs> uh, that's my favorite event, the ski jump. And you know, it was always sort of, you know, it was it's probably like the the, the hundred meter version, hundred meter sprint version of, of the of of the summer games, the uh, Olympic ski jump. But technology has got to the point now where the camera angles and the slow motion and everything is just that much better than what it used to be. It's almost incomprehensible to see a person go down, launch off that thing, and then they essentially are flying 135 to 140 metres. Like It's it's pretty hard to to put your head around that a human can, at that speed, just fly that far. And uh,
1: now, it's only been the, the last probably eight years or so, I think, that they've introduced style points into that. It used to just be all about distance. And now they've gone, no, no, everyone's getting too far now and the margin of error is like, you know, it's kind of like everyone's kind of jumping around about the same. So to try and separate a winner, they've introduced style points and judges. What's the world record? Judge it. Uh, I'm actually, I think it's around about 146 or 147. No one's done the 150. yeah, on that so they go off a um, they go off a a big hill or a normal size hill. So there's yeah. two hills. Last night, um, uh, that's not right. Oh, well, I don't know actually. What I'm reading here is is that the world record is 253
2: meters. Yeah, that's what I got. 253.5. Yeah. So where where was that? Yeah. A uh, hill in Vinkersund
1: in 2017. Yeah. Vickersaland, yeah, right. What country is so, that? Uh well he, the guy was Austrian. I don't know where it was. He held. okay, but, well
0: but... speaking of that, I've I've been in Innsbruck um in Austria and they hosted I think it was a 72 Winter Olympics in Innsbruck. So mm. I actually went to that that facility where they had the ski jump and you right. The, the two runs are side by side, but the yeah. the main one was I it's just it's it's once again to see it in person, you just like, it's
1: inconceivable. Hey, like from a context
2: perspective, crazy. You look at yeah, it, yeah, and you're yeah, just yeah. like
0: how yeah. is this possible that someone can?
2: Well, it's t- ten degrees. They go down and going at well, it's close to hundred k's an hour, ninety six yeah. k's an hour. Yeah. They hit the but bottom like, of that ramp.
1: <laughs> think about doing that on your very for your very first time. Like how do you yeah. start? Like, you know, I don't even care if I was someone once I don't remember if they land in water on their first one. I wouldn't care if I landed in water, I'd still be shitting myself.
2: You still okay, you might not get that speed, but you are probably doing 70 Ks an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. but it, um, uh yeah. yeah. What would you would you rate the ski jump or the skeleton as the gnarliest winter Olympic sport?
1: Oh no! I like the uh, the skeleton probably is up there. What's the one that I think somebody has the most chance of dying?
0: Giant slalom, or, or just out of those two?
1: Yeah, probably the the yeah the downhill skiing. The like probably the super G, right? Like yeah. the one where they're just pulling heaps of force down there and that. The athlete's got to be a mix of heavy so he doesn't actually fly off the mountain um, or like, and, and fit enough to, to to kind of get down there quick. Uh, yeah. And the margin of actual victory is like, it, they compare that to the hundred meters because the margin of victory is like 0.1 of a second or something, right? Like and you know, flicking a loose piece of snow or whatever is enough to cost you the
0: gold medal. It's insane when you're on these mountains. So I've skied on the Alps in Austria. Yeah. And, their green run or yep. green slash blue run, yeah, would be like a double black here yep. or, or yeah. triple black or whatever. It's 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 insane. And the mountains yeah. are massive, yeah. So, you, you see, you know, you go up a chairlift and you, you go next to black runs, you see these average Joe Austrian guys, mm. you know, just shredding these black runs down. And it's yeah, just, the yeah, mountain yeah. is just like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's
1: a sheer drop, eh? Hey? yeah, yeah. Do you see there's footage, there's footage going around in one of the um. One of the poor Chinese cameramen working for the host broadcaster trying to get up the actual um, downhill skiing mountain. And the poor yeah. bastard, like they've given him nothing but a pair of gum boots. And this poor bloke is just so like, he's going five steps and then slipping ten meters back down the mountain carrying this <laughs> camera. In the end, he just throws his hands up and walks back down to the bottom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just gives up. Probably Damn. told
1: his boss to go jam it. So, China, in, in the so Beijing
0: good. Olympics in 2008, they were noted for cloud seeding to uh, get the pollution out of the city by seeding the clouds so it rains and the clouds dissipate yeah. you know, to make the uh, the skies look nicer. Yeah. Um, have they done anything to build the mountains up here in, in Beijing? And Beijing, to me, hasn't been very well noted for its mountainous regions and, and, and surrounds. Has there been any artificial sort of um, assistance to the... Well, certainly, of of runs.
1: all the snow is artificial snow, right? So it was only just snowing there naturally a couple of, well, yesterday. Yeah,
2: yeah um, I was going to say for, for Friday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the covering the covering of snow that they got wasn't enough, you know, it wasn't, it's certainly not enough for them to rely on for an Olympics. But um, I don't know whether they've, Street, if they've created a whole, like, like any mountains in itself, like to, you know, for the actual Olympics, but certainly, mate. The yeah, the, all of the snow is artificial snow, which means it's not fibro. It's actually like it's snow, but it's just being yeah. made. So yeah, well, yeah.
0: you know, threadbow itself creates snow, if not time because it can't get enough. Uh,
1: I would suggest that there's probably not a ski resort in the world these days that doesn't have some, doesn't have some type of artificial snow, right?
2: Like, yeah, it's a bit odd though because it's it's bloody freezing temperatures. It just doesn't snow there. That's the yeah. Problem. Like it's, yeah, well, warm. it's like minus super cold, like 13 on that hit mountain, minus 13, I think it was wind chill and so on. And
1: well, they were just
2: how like, is it not snowing
1: because of that timing that I was telling you guys about. The, the uh, cross country skiers who go out there, obviously, into the elements a bit more because of the course, they were fearful that they might actually lose a competitor because. Like that uh, marathon we
0: spoke about last episode, yeah,
1: exactly right. Because the conditions can change so quickly, and they can be so bad. The wind chill, so they have a apparently in their competition, there's a rule that if the temperature drops below minus 40 degrees Celsius, they call the competition off. And a lot of the athletes were were complaining that the officials, because they just wanted the games to go ahead, were ignoring that rule on the wind chill factor. So they were saying, well, the air temperatures just was still not, hasn't reached minus 40, but on the wind chill factor, it was minus 50, right? And so some of the competitors were coming in basically like already in a hyperthermic state and, and were, were, you know, on the, on the basis of shutting their bodies down, you know. Oh. Uh, but they just uh, push on because we want the games to go ahead. So it's fucking crazy, like absolutely crazy.
0: China, China. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, one thing I, did, I didn't I did mind was seeing uh, some of the downhill was the snowboarding, the skiing, just uh, with the, um, I think it was just the ski jump park with the uh, Great Wall of China themed sort of barriers. Yeah, that's uh, the slope as,
1: style. So that was with the shred as, shed and the, and the yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So they come down basically the mountain and have about five or six areas to do some type of trick or whatever. Serving yeah,
0: a yeah. dual purpose too, one of, one of which being a wind blocker. To yes, present, uh Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: I think so in my ratings, I would say that you are most likely at the winter Olympics to die or get seriously hurt on um, the, the ski jump, the, um, the skeleton. Yeah. uh, Like, or potentially the super G, like I said, right. Like the downhill skiing. But in terms of unpredictability of who's going to win on the basis that anything can happen in that event, probably the short track speed skating, where basically.
0: Bradbury, we know we're all talking about that.
1: So people think that that was an unusual occurrence in the speed track, like for Bradbury. Mate, that is what happens almost every race. Basically, if you can stay on your feet, then you can win, right? Mm. Like that's ultimately there is at least one fall in every race and the officials just go overtime on it. So probably anyone can usually take that out. And then, then, probably the only other unpredictable one is the snowboard border cross, where basically, like, mate, I love that.
2: That's anything that's like, can happen there. That's like the speed skating one. Like, mm. this, yeah. the favorite can be taken out within a turn, bang, gone. And-
1: so, do you boys know the story about the, uh, what was the, was it someone Tannehill, I think, the American snowboard border cross athlete? So, at Pyeongchang four years ago, She was coming down the mountain in front, cleanly in front, went across the last jump, uh, pulled a method, which is basically a method air, which is grabbing your board as a bit of a way of celebrating the gold medal and got run down, right, and won silver, right? So she came back here at Beijing and won the individual board across medal, and so she redeemed herself and then – A couple of days later, which was just yesterday, they had the teams board across event and the US were clear favorite. I know Canada were probably favorites, but US pretty much up there. Anyway, so that's where the man goes down first and the female goes down with an advantage later or on the basis of time. She went down, she was in front and she went across the last jump and decided to be a smart ass and do the method air thing again, but won this time. Right, oh. damn it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll stay up for that one. But yeah, but so she, she got home twice to get two gold medals this time around.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, speaking of our medals, our first medal was a bronze to Tess Cody in the snowboarding women's slope style. Yep. Uh, we won a gold in the freestyle uh, women's moguls. Yep. Um, just I wonder how many of these mogul skis that end up with busted chins after trainings That's, oh, um, and, and bad knees when they're finished.
1: How bad would your knees be after that? <laughs> it's
0: oh. a crazy, it, sport. it
1: hurt to watch. Yeah, just
0: oh, <laughs> Scotty James is probably our best known uh winter Olympian at the moment, uh, silver in the snowboarding half bite. Yeah, um, did Sean White win that gold medal? Was no, Shaun no, White? he
1: Sean White came fourth, the Japanese fourth. competitor. Uh, Ryu won the uh, he won the gold so
3: yeah, okay yeah. Ryu. Like I street Ryu. Street Ryu
1: I think it was Ryu was it Ryu I think that was his surname I think that maybe I've, I've made that mistake but yeah, yeah. but it a Japanese guy
0: oh you can remember that guy? Uh, yeah I do too. remember that actually <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. and then uh, Jacqueline Lenaricot this morning uh, the girl from uh, Queensland and the women's skeleton how do he get into skeleton like what they were saying on the show that she wanted to be Olympian after watching the Sydney, you know, track a yeah. athlete. But what would actually, you know, get you on a path? Obviously, some kind of talent identification um, somewhere along the lines. Yeah, so usually. it's like I just want to go to the Olympics. I don't care what it is. Yeah, this is my best shot. Like for me, that would probably be archery because I can't do much else. Yeah, archery might be my best pathway to the Olympics.
3: Yeah, what exactly. would
0: make Jacqueline choose skeleton of all things?
1: So I think her story is so those sled sports in Australia run uh, like basically apprenticeship programs where they identify athletes from other sports, mainly sprinting and usually like surf lifesaving, you know, flags and stuff like that. They usually get athletes like that and say, did you want to go to the Olympics? Like we reckon we could probably teach you skeleton or whatever. Um, But Jacqueline comes from a family pedigree of uh, Olympians. Her uncle, Paul Narricot was a sprinter who then transferred over to Winter Olympics. So he went to summer and winter, I believe. Yeah, um, he was on the TV last night. All the was it? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so she had it kind of. She it wasn't necessarily a path that was laid out for it, but she had a pathway to it, which is typically for Australians. What when where we get our winter athletes from? Like, he's, yeah. you know, either your family was into it, so you're into it. Otherwise, you just don't ever pick it up. Like, when do you ever like you know, like if you're not snowboarding every winter with your family. When do you ever jump on the snowboard halfpipe like Scotty James does and, you know, do all that shit? So anyway, but she's – that's usually how we pick up our winter athletes, which is cool. That was awesome to see her do that. Uh, the whole concept of the skeleton is crazy, but it all came about from the luge where you obviously lay on your back. And then someone said, you know what we should do? We should lay on our front and see how we go. That's
2: <laughs> head first.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah, be good- what'd be easier is if I was laying on the front, I could see where I'm going before I smack into the wall.
2: I was going to say, you know, it'd be a good one mm. on your stomach backwards.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's luge, so that's that's basically the luge. That's the other competition that's in the Olympics. No,
2: but you can see going forward. Whereas if you lay, oh, you going tracks,
1: backwards? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On your stomach going backwards, just see what happens. Yeah, so you don't know where it's coming. That's a good idea. So, well, the new one this year is the monobob. Have you seen that? That's just mono bob
0: sounds like, um, sounds like a bloke with a a, a singular eyebrow.
1: (laughs) I reckon it sounds like that. Um, what do they call that? The person who complains like a Karen, or it sounds like the haircut that all the Karens have a mono bob, (laughs) you know. But uh, the mono bob is bobsled just with one person, so you push, you drive, you stop it. That's it, yeah. So that's the whole thing,
2: yeah.
1: Which reminds us,
2: boys, we've got to get our team together for the next Olympics curling team,
3: yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the dads the dads of Australia.
3: So.
1: <laughs> uh, very good. I like, yeah, curling. It's just like basically lawn bowls on ice, right? Yeah, so. exactly. What about the poor Aussies? The, uh, did you hear the COVID controversy about them? No. Well, so the female, so we've never qualified a curling team in the games because largely we're hopeless. You've got to be top 10 curling in, in the world to get in. To oh. get to and we qualified late, I think, mainly because of COVID-related issues. But uh, anyway, we're in. Uh, but our Top female... right? all right. Yeah, it's pretty good. Our female athlete was... Um, she tested positive to COVID about a month or so ago. And she was obviously still shedding the virus. So when she got to Beijing, uh, she tested and And they said, okay, you can go and compete, but you got to stay in quarantine if you're not competing. Um, and then... I think just before their second to last match, she tested positive again and the officials said, nah, you got to go home. We can't Mm -hmm. have you here. And they were going to pull them, but they ended up talking their way around it. So, anyway, what a nightmare of a...
2: That obviously played on their mind, though. That's why they lost. Although they only lost
1: by... Oh, they they're right in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had some good matches. They ended up winning one, finally. Yeah.
0: Mm. Oh, very good. Well, fingers crossed we get this fifth medal and that our dress dress up as rainbow bright. That's something we all want to see. Um, I
1: think most people do, don't they? I think everyone's pretty happy. I got it. I think I'll struggle to find a rainbow bright costume.
0: Oh, where there's a will there's a way mate. Where there is a will there is a way.
1: Absolutely. Good idea. Nice. All right.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the winter olympics done. Yep. Next one is uh, what about what's up next on our talking point here, Nugget? Made
2: the uh, Australian
1: cricket team.
0: Oh yeah, what's going on what there? The hell! <laughs> oh
1: god, yeah. Pat that... Cummins,
0: Pat Cummins, during during the Ashes, I mean, we, we we drubbed England. It was a drubbing. There's no two ways about it. Uh, Pat Cummins was the darling, the new captain. People loved him, but um, in the weeks ensuing, uh, it turns out that uh, some of his public perception is probably, you know. A little bit tarnished to some degree. What do you think? His
1: approval, his approval rating has dropped, hasn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, Fairly
1: significantly.
2: And the, hardest part,
1: the hardest part is he just
2: had to come out and say something. I think his silence said a lot more than, and has got him in more trouble than just, Coming out with the well, stupid
1: shit. stuff. Yeah. certainly to... his silence before yeah. the axing wasn't yeah. great, was it? Like, so let's
0: he... uh, take it back. Just for people that aren't too familiar with with what's happened from the start, mm. this is all result. This 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 whole scenario is kind of just as as revolving around the non appointment of Justin Langer, which end up turning into a resignation, which is really a sack.
1: Um, yeah pretty much well they offered him a six month contract six month contract yeah. six
0: month contract for cricket's pathetic it's, we've, got, we've got a winter coming up and then a yeah. tour of somewhere overseas it's, it's, it's an insult right
1: oh yeah absolutely well they did it I think basically to try and fill a bit of a gap I suspect like so um, but the whole thing was basically offer him a rubbish contract and then he'll walk you know then you don't have to fire him so
0: mm, yeah mm. who do they have lined up as a coach next
1: well, they've got their, um, the assistant coach or whatever acting is the interim coach at the moment. But Who's I think, that? uh, I can't remember what his name was, but he wasn't, he's he was someone that the, good.
0: If he not play test cricket for Australia, <laughs> he doesn't deserve it.
1: No, well, he wasn't, it wasn't a, I don't think he was a, uh, Andrew McDonald, I think is his name. Um, Never heard of
0: him.
1: yeah, but he, uh, yeah, but a lot of the players love him. I think they actually want him as the next coach. Um, uh so but I don't believe it. he's not like he's not like a household name as a as a player if he's done anything as a player. So, so we've got two distinct
0: uh factions here. We've got the pro Langer camp, which are obviously all his teammates from the sort of um you know mid early to mid 2000s and you know, um from that era of cricket, probably when yep. you know our Australian cricket team was at their peak, you know. You yep. probably make an argument that was when cricket in Australia was at its most popular. And we had our best ever test team, and that's when we were, you know, kicking everyone's ass, and yep. um, player approval ratings, you know, for that particular group were through the roof. Yep. Um, and Langer, sort of being that this, you know, um, modern day version, I'm not going to say of um, of Bradman, but you know, he was he was Matt Hayden's, but he was a small, you know, batsman, the lefty, um, in there with with a big, big sort of burly Matt Hayden, and they anchored the opening batting for for ages. Yep. Um, And then becomes coach, Um, and then quickly, where's his welcome at?
1: Yeah, well, I think he was. uh, I think he's a pretty intense character, right? So, I think uh, he clashed. I don't know if you guys remember, but when he, one of the guys in that uh, Amazon documentary, what was it called? Well, the about the the Test cricket team. Um, One of the people that was pretty vocal about his style was Usman Khawaja, right? And Um, uh, Uzi was kind of like on the the basis of you can't be at 100% intensity all the time, right? So not every training session and not every match is as important as a World Cup final, but Justin Langer treated it that way. And he was known fairly well, I think. It was a pretty well-known secret that he'd lost the dressing room a while ago. Um, in the sense of everybody else had that, that had worn thin on everyone. I think it wore thin on Usman a lot quicker than everybody else because well, he's pretty casual. But like, so
0: he's a, he's a bit like Ricky Stewart.
1: Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And I think, um, you know, guys like Manus Labashang and those guys put, like really pissed Justin Langer off because they weren't taking things seriously. When they lost to India, it was pretty well known uh, here in that home series last summer. It was pretty well known that Langer had blown up at Usman uh, Khawaja for coming out uh, eating a ham and cheese toasted sandwich on the field at the end of the last match when uh, Langer was trying to give his like post. They just lost his test match at Test series at home to India. And Langer's trying to give the team a dressing down. And and uh, Labashang was making a ham and cheese toastie and, and held everything up to, to kind of get out onto the field to listen. Um, and you know, that, that sort of, sort of shit, you know, was like, like, but he made a huge deal out of that, you know? And yeah. I think the Australian cricket team, may well, they live in each other's pockets for nine to 10 months of the year, like yeah. touring around. So
0: anyway, but yeah. I guess you, you see that, um, across a lot of, um, you know sports now, where the old school sort of um, you know methods of, of playing and coaching and the doesn't necessarily sort of uh, bode well with uh, some of the, the younger generation of players.
1: Doesn't really mesh, does it?
0: No, no. millennials can't hack the intensity, right yep. or wrongly. Who knows? Yeah,
1: yeah. But you, but
2: you see, and you mentioned there before, Macker, about the doco that they had on Amazon. That I watched the actual Shane Warne one. The other oh yeah, one, and. Yeah, there's a massive, like just, I mean, Warren's a different beast, but going into the locker room footage and everything like that, yeah, it's a massive difference in that majority of people wouldn't even know who the coach was through that time when (laughs) Warren. And I I acknowledge it's a different time in that in the locker room, there's Shane Warren puffing down the darts because he's so nervous. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, Again, though, everyone had their place. in yep. the, Like when it shows, and obviously it's focused on Warn, but in his early days, he's sort of in the corner. here yeah, bumming on smokes, but he's shut up. He's quiet. The the Alan Borders, the Merv Hughes are the loud ones in the room. They're the ones yeah. that pretty much the young ones shut up. So Yeah. yeah. So, but I, yeah, and then we were talking before this in like basketball terms, and I think that's where he did lose it, which... Um, yeah, I'll say it anyway. I told you I was going to take your words, but uh, which was that in, in terms of in a team sport where yeah you you win by in basketball terms you win by twenty and yet your coach comes in and still points yep. out everything you did wrong.
1: Yep, as opposed yep. to
2: celebrating the win. Yeah, yeah. Which like you know exactly. I'm taking the words from you, but the. It, you, do, you can't well, do that in professional sport.
3: No.
0: I suppose there's a, there's the varying ways to deliver it. Celebrate the win, but tomorrow at training, there's a couple of things I we can we can tidy up for the next exactly. time we go out.
1: Well, yeah. and this and I think it was also from all reports what I've read is it wasn't just the the verbal stuff. Like, I think that's exactly right. And I, and you know you can come in and give someone a verbal spray and say, well, you didn't perform. But apparently, what he was also known for was saying, right, oh well, you blokes miss you had five missed fields, so the four of you are coming out for two hours and we're going to have a fielding session at the end of the game or like, or, you know, like tomorrow morning at 8am be here and we'll have a fielding session. And he would intensely run them through something, you know, where that was then that, that had previously been penciled in on the schedule as a rest day. And, you know, like when you take away rest days from guys that are basically working 10 months of the year, you know, like uh, it's not. Um, you go down yeah, too well. Yeah. You're going to lose the guys really quickly when you don't read the room. You know, and it was only probably twelve months ago, I thought probably just before the um just before the 2020 World Cup, I believe, that that the players had gone to Langer and said, you know, we need you to to drop the intensity. We need you to just kind of back off a little bit. And um, otherwise that we like we can't go with you. And I I think he did for a while, but I don't think it was a comfortable position for him, you know. Um yeah, but he took over it. Look. It's like the Australian cricket team's head coaching position has been one that's had its issues. Like Mickey Arthur was the guy who, you guys remember Homework Gate, where like Shane Watson, no, he's South African,
0: should never like, have hired a bloody non Australian for an Australian head coaching job. That's half the problem. Yeah. That's where it went south.
1: But I think I, my point, I guess, is, Streedy, really, I think, and John Buchanan had his issues, I think, with like with Matt Hayden and those guys. I think it's a bit rich of guys like Matt Hayden and even Justin Langer to say that the players shouldn't dictate who the coach is and they should always back them. Because I think those guys were responsible for sp- spearing a few coaches in their day, like when they, once yeah. they'd had enough of their style.
0: Wasn't the um, the rap on Buchanan that he was sort of one of those early pioneers of the sort of, I guess, an, an analytical approach to the game where yeah. a lot of things were sort of broken down, where the previous coach was a Bob Simpson. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. He's a bit more yeah. of a, a man's man and sort of, you know, like, I guess was was there to to steer the ship, but not not necessarily, you know, um, you know, guide it. So you know, or, or you'd have a navigator, which basically yeah. was your captain by your side, and it yep. worked sort of hand in hand. Where I don't know, cricket sort of um, at the moment, I, I get the get the feeling that maybe there's there's too many cooks in the kitchen, and you know, there's mm. you know, you maybe only need one coach and assistant, but at the moment they might have ten staff.
1: Yeah, yeah, things. yeah.
2: Well, and see,
0: then for all the players, like, are like, these guys? What are they? What are they doing?" Is
2: yeah, and that's the thing. The the pressure, and you nailed it there. Switch, which was see again, going back years, the pressure was always on the captain. Yep. If your team didn't like perform, mm-hmm. everyone looked at the captain. No one looked at the coach Like I said, most people wouldn't have known Bob Simpson was coaching, or like whoever at the time was coaching, unless. Something had been brought up, but yeah, but again, yeah, it was. it it all go back to the pressure, weighing on Steve Wall, weighing on Alan Border, weighing on yeah. Ricky Ponning. So, yeah, yeah the, a,
0: the coach should never take the headlines from the players, uh, especially nah. in cricket. But well, John
1: Buchanan was known as like an, an analyst, and he was like, Yeah. And he, and he was a philosopher. Is it a bit like the Phil Jackson of cricket coaching? He would hand out like... He would look uh, like him a
0: bit, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he'd hand out the art of war books to people. And it, when you hand that to Shane Warne, mate, you are talking oh, about man. losing the room. Like, oh, he's going to be... It's not going to be long before Warney no, throws that in, back out, which is exactly the, what happened.
2: That's in the docker, uh, Warney uses as a coaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah,
3: I
0: love Warney. He's an Australian icon and an absolute champion.
1: Oh, he's as he's mad as two cuts, snakes. <laughs> He's great, he's a
2: peanut. But, oh, well, there's one for you, Switch. Watch the Shane Docker, you'll love it.
0: I might have to get onto that. Well, I gotta say, for a sport we've ragged on over the years, plenty that was probably the longest cricket segment we've uh, we've given that uh, some airtime to, but uh, interesting to see uh, how things are shaping up for our cricket team. We're not even number one in the world, keep New Zealand are number one, aren't they?
1: Uh, yeah, they are test wise, yeah, absolutely.
0: Wow, well, that's that's how my yep. father. The sports descended if the Kiwis are ahead of us in the rankings.
1: Yep. They're pretty good, the Kiwis. They're pretty good. They
0: are. Mm. Well, let's move on to the big story. The story that has been brewing on our podcast, and we've been trying to wish it into existence for the best part of nine months. Mm -hmm. The NBA trade deadline went on Friday, and finally, Ben
1: Simmons has a new home.
0: We got what we wanted. We we got Benny a trade. We're not us, we didn't have anything to do with it. We were just there to uh...
1: we made some we made some calls, mate. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty heavily involved. Yeah. <laughs> our
0: um our influence and our comments and then what we put out there certainly doesn't go unnoticed. Let me tell you that.
1: <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. I think there's a few people that listen and take uh, just basically take advice from us. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> so, Simmons got traded to the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. Now, this was a trade that, you know, the, those two players were spoken about, you know, 18 months before uh, with the Sixers Rockets trade. Uh, didn't eventuate. Um, but I guess the craziest thing about this situation is everyone got what they wanted. But the road yeah. to get there, you know, was very messy. Now, could that have been avoided? In order to get where you were, I guess yeah. that's the question. And, and does it set a precedent? This is probably the, the worst thing. Has this trade set a dangerous precedent for the NBA where not so much what Harden's done, but the, 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 the position that Ben took, you know, um, does that set a precedent for players, you know, who are about to sign longer extensions to get that guaranteed money? don't necessarily want to be where they are, but they can't get their money anywhere else. Then try and force trades and and hold out and and do that sort of stuff. I understand there's probably more to the situation with Ben than, than what may happen again. But I do think that uh, the way things were handled during the middle, definitely weren't the right way to go about it. Thoughts?
1: Well, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think there is a danger that this this could set a precedent. Um, but I must say, I don't think this set of circumstances will repeat themselves very often. And what I... So I don't... The thing that surprised me through this whole thing, Streedy, is that both sides were prepared to stick to their guns so strongly. So like I... Probably never thought – so I don't think you'll find another NBA athlete that's going to be like Ben Simmons and for whatever reason – and I don't know the reasons, but for whatever reason, uh, prepared to give up potentially $20 million to get what you want, to never play for another team again, right? I don't know that there's going to be somebody that feels as strongly as what he obviously did to not do that. And I also don't know that there's going to be a franchise where a general manager has so much trust given to them by their owner – that they're able to sit on a roster spot and leave it open uh, for potentially an all-star player when you may be missing a really good year in your championship window of your team because you got an MVP caliber player and an MVP having an MVP caliber year and they may and 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 the league's pretty weak anyway this year. So you may be doing yourself out of a championship. I don't think that's going to happen again. So the precedent, I think, gets washed away because I don't think that scenario will repeat itself. I have yeah. an opinion that I think the 76ers sat on not trading Ben because of COVID and the money they'd lost last year and they didn't want to basically pay him, right? Yeah. So, so so, the thing is, is the team was going so well. Once the season started the team started to go so well and was traveling okay that in order to make some of the money back that you lost last year, pretty good way to do that is not pay a guy $20 million, right? If he doesn't, if he doesn't want to play for you, then fuck him. Then, you know, um, that's not to say that it's the the team's fault that it all happened because Ben was the one that facilitated that. Um, I guess
0: the other thing too is, um, mm -hmm. you know, as much as the NBA would hate to admit that tampering exists, for for Daryl Morey to not cave, through that whole nine months where, you know, pressure would have been mounting from their fans. And, you know, I'm sure even the owners questioned his methods at some point to say, come on, let's just get this done. Like there's, there's offers on the table, you know, and then for Maury to go, no, I've had this guy before. I reckon we can get him again. And then voila. As as much as they said, yeah, it's not going to happen. It did happen. So obviously if you
1: don't think, if you don't think that Dale Murray was talking to somebody in James Harden's camp, like James Harden doesn't have an agent, right? It's got his brother or someone, but like, if you don't think that Murray didn't at least have some inklings that maybe it was going South and that they were a chance to get him up until the day he rang up and said, can we have him? Then you are kidding yourself. Yeah, There's no way that didn't happen. Um, And, you know, and, like So there's a couple of bigger stories here. I want to ask you guys in a minute, what do you think of the trade and who do you think got the better deal? But the other question that I want to pose to you, Streety, which I'm interested in your answering is, what happened in Brooklyn to get Harden to want out so badly? That, those, that team gave up uh, King's ransom to get him in. And that big three, you know, Irving, Durant and him played 16 games together. Yeah, like, and they were thirteen and three, by the way. It'll like,
0: make a fantastic documentary, and it's just called Thirteen and Three or mm. Sixteen, whatever it is. It'll be it'll be mm. great reading or a doco to watch on on that team. Oh, all, they'll, call all call all the like, they'll call it something like
1: they'll call it something with the Americans of the Overdrive. So they'll call it something like the best sixteen games in the history of basketball or some wanky <laughs> shit like that. And then they'll just, they'll crap on about how these guys would have won every game they played thereafter. But anyway, to yeah.
0: get in earlier. Well, hopefully, no one's going to steal this idea because not we don't have a, as bigger audience. But uh, i I want to release a T-shirt called Benny in the Nets. <laughs> 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 Benny in the Nets. Uh, Big that's Benny Timmy, Patty Mills, and uh, so so uh, what I think happened. I think um, there's all the stories about you know James Harden didn't really enjoy living in Brooklyn. Call BS. Brooklyn's a great joint. You know you're right in New York City. How, how could you not enjoy that that particular uh, place? Dude, the um, guy so-
1: is a night owl who loves getting to strip clubs yeah. and like, it's, Jesus, it's, where else would you short, go? It's the city it's that never short, sleeps.
0: Yeah. It's a helicopter yeah. ride or a private car into Manhattan. It's, hmm. it's, it's 20 minutes. It's nothing. Um, yeah. I think, um, you know, they talk about the, the high state taxes of New York being a factor. You know, there's, no, there's none in Texas. He didn't like giving up all that money. when the dude earns 50 million a year. I don't think it's a, it's a big deal. I think for him, um, I think he probably just got the shits with – um, the day in, day out with of Kyrie Irving, he's, he's a he's a, a bit of a you know a, a difficult stoic character. Um, Surely he's scene. done his
1: dash with Kevin Durant now, though. That's twice that they've bailed from Arden. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you saw what happened. Didn't pick him for the All Star team. That was pretty funny uh, yeah, the other day. That's pretty funny. No, um, uh, with Harden, you know, I, I, I personally think you know they, they may have gone thirteen and three, but in those games. Um, but there's only one ball with those guys, um, yeah. and I just think from a you know, Harden's the least likely of those three to to, to continually play that style. You know, Harden was averaging over thirty, yeah, thirty five a game a couple of years ago. Yeah, you Now he's, he's, he's a season average. You know, is is twenty two, so he's down thirteen a game from from what he was at his peak. He's an extra ten to twelve kilos heavier. That that's been the knock. That he's, he's just out of shape and things like that, a bit disinterested. Um, I I think that maybe he didn't particularly enjoy being the third wheel uh, yep. when when Kyrie was back and and felt that you know his his style of game probably is, is better suited to being on the Sixers team. Yeah, um, and, and I probably and surely he had that. He surely he had
1: him. that. You about anti tampering. Surely he had those conversations with somebody like um like Joel Embiid, right?
0: Oh, hundred percent. So you mentioned before, Harden didn't have an agent and has represented himself on his last on his last contract. Mm. Uh, but what what he did, he actually canvassed um, basically agents to work as sort of contractors um, oh, yeah. and sort of you know act on his behalf and you know and, and sort of do things that the agents can do that the players don't necessarily have the ability to do. Mm. Um, so he was canvassing sort of you know multiple agents and different firms for the last couple of months. Yeah, to basically assess his options moving forward into into his free agency. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, well, I think, so who, uh, so
1: so who wins the trade boys? Who like who gets the better of the deal here? Like, like, do you think that a aging, overweight James Harden can be uh, all that he should be for Seventy Sixers? No. And can or can Ben Simmons get over his? Disastrous last time he was on a court and, and be a productive member of the Nets. I mean,
2: t- I think
0: a lot of gamemanship uh, has gone into this. Doug?
2: No, I was just going to say, time will tell as far as see what Ben we get back in terms of. I mean, surely he's been working out and so on. And I don't think, well, he's not match fit, obviously, because he hasn't played. But at the same time, you look at what the 76ers gave up. And I mean, Andre Drummond, yeah, the picks. But I reckon the great one there is Seth Curry. Like, yeah. You've now got another shooter. Yeah. You've got Patty there that mm. can feel Kyrie at home. Which, yeah, yeah. Which, again, I mean, like we were talking about when uh, Golden State were chucking their head, it, oh, well, reportedly and so on. Yeah. You think of that, Ben taking off the dribble and giving out to any three-point shooters. Yeah. You just line them up. Bye. Plus
1: you've got Joe Harris who's meant to be coming like well, he'll eventually get healthy, whether they see him on the court for the Nets again or not. But you know, that's three probably of the better shooters outside of the Warriors team in the league that mm. Ben could be then finding. Or also Kevin Durant yeah. that he well, would Kevin he, would, he well. would be able to help you with some space, obviously. Yeah,
2: uh, he's not not too shabby, old Kevin. But the <laughs> like
1: so I like I know I'm biased, obviously, because there's a like there is a connection with the Simmons family. We do know them and but, but what I would say here is on the basis of what you just mentioned, Nugget, my opinion is that, that the Nets were the clear winners in this trade because they got more assets. And, the, and, and so both Simmons and Harden kind of cancel themselves out with the risk here. Like Ben could come and be really good or he could be really still quite heavily affected by what happened. Um, and Harden, although gamesmanship went into it streety, how easy is it to get a 30-something-year-old body back in shape after what it's been through and get it healthy and ready to go? Well, that's right. Um, and, and so I feel like just on the basis of, well, they got more assets out of it, the Brooklyn Nets probably win on the basis of this trade right now because they get Curry and Drummond and draft picks. Yeah. Like So if nothing else happens, if Ben's a bust, then those guys will be okay. So. A couple
0: of points I was going to make is uh, talent doesn't disappear, but motivation does. And obviously yeah. for both these guys, motivation disappeared, you know, for for varying reasons. Yeah, true. Well, I think you see that motivation will will come right back. Yep, I think yep. both of them uh, will come back healthy. You know, all the stuff about hard sore hand and hamstring, all all that is just uh, just just talk. Harden will be ready to go on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever his first game is. Yeah, yeah. And he'll play well. You watch him. His whatever he needs to do will do. Yep. I think the same thing for Ben. I think both of these guys, um, it's, it's not often, you know, trades in the NBA these days, really do you get, you know, an even money sort of transaction. A lot of the times yeah. it's draft picks and 50 cents in the dollar and things like that. Yeah. In this particular trade, um, you know, you could make an argument that, hey, the Sixers won this trade because they're getting a guy that's actually played this season. So yeah. we know we know what he's doing. The Nets are getting someone that hasn't played, but, hey, he's talented and under contract. Yeah, I actually think that Ben will come back and he'll he'll, he'll be fine to play. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, the talent doesn't disappear. He'll, he'll get in shape from a basketball point of view. If if you know if, if you watch enough basketball to know, Ben is far better suited as a, a as a third guy on that Nets team than mm. what he was as the second fiddle in the Sixers. And James Harden's style of play complements the way the Sixers run their offense and play. Yeah, uh, more so than what he did with the Nets. Yeah, fair point. Uh, the yeah, complementary yeah. pieces that went with the um, nets, uh, to the nets, addressed some needs. Um, I know Patty Mills' name was thrown around in that uh, at one point. Um, yeah. And I, 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 without knowing anything, I would be not surprised at all if, if if some words came from some agents you know, that start with the, the word clutch or K mm-hmm. to say, this deal is off. It's not going to happen if Patty Mills is in it. So, um, oh, because you know, they
1: wanted him to still be there when Ben got there.
0: I, I totally think that that that, that, that Paddy Mills's presence on the nets didn't go unnoticed, and um, you know, you saw you saw Mills's comments a couple of days ago where he said, "I've got his back. I've always had his back." Um, you know, I think for, for Ben, whatever team he, he went to, and, and we, it, we, we all know that his agents would not, didn't want him to go to a market that basically wasn't LA or New York. So you know. His a clutch one because they got him to New York City, Brooklyn. And yeah. just so happens to play with a couple of really good guys. But Patty Mills is, is sort of that, you know, he, he's the culture guy. And, you know, he's he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, like, like he said, he'll take Ben under his wing and, you know, help him out. But, you know, I don't think he necessarily needs a mentor per se, but just to have, you know, have a countryman in his ear, you know, a good role model, good guy. I think that that'll help more than what is being reported.
1: Yeah, having someone with experience always helps. I'm excited. Like, I'm genuinely excited by the way this is rolled up. Like, I, I like it's. I think when you said Streety, everyone got what they wanted. I think that's a good point because not only did both parties get what they wanted, but the fans will get what they want, which is to see these guys play as hard as they possibly can. I think on the nets, Ben, as you said, you make a good point. I think he will be better suited to being, you know, like the third option rather than the first or second. Um, and he'll well, be able to is, develop that game. The pressure, game. The pressure, pressure is just different. isn't there. It's yeah, not, exactly. It's, it's, you've got yeah, four yeah.
0: guys who will shoot before you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kev, Kevin Durant, given his height, you know, he, he can get a guy in the high post and, you know, you can run an offense where you can, you can set a screen and you can have two guys flare out to the wing, to the corner, to the 45, and then how many lob dunks is Ben going to get?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Heaps, just cutting base, you know, all that stuff. One of of the things... It's going to work for him
1: well. Well, one of the things I did think was interesting, though, is that um, Ben has always seen himself as a point guard and probably has always wanted to play that way. But with Kyrie Irving, I know he's only playing half the game, so you probably switch him out. But uh, when he comes back and starts playing all of the games, which I know you believe will happen, Struity. Yep. But... uh, you know, where does he play? Does he like he's either guy who gets the rebound and runs the break for them because that's what he's really good at, um, well, or do you play him at a five spot down the down the stretch or something?
0: Well, the good thing with Ben is he, he can play a lot. He can play the five. He can play the one. Um, mm. And and what you're getting with Kyrie Irving that you don't necessarily have with James Harden is Kyrie Irving's a great off ball player. So yeah. you know, if you have Kevin Durant doing his thing, well, Kyrie's Kyrie's got to move in order for Katie to get the ball. And Ben's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you, you probably have more options with your offense if you're Steve Nash to go, oh, wow, I can do so many more things because, mm. you know, James Harden, if he didn't have the ball, he was just standing there, yeah, standing yeah. on the wing, waiting for the ball, and he'd get the ball, then he'd do his thing, and they yeah, all kind yeah. of taking turns where Kyrie Irving, to his credit, you know, he, he's a good off-ball player. He'll, he'll run, he'll cut, he'll mm. get himself into a spot to get a pass. And, you know, if you have Ben or KD drawing a double team, yeah. It'll just create options for Kyrie. And then the other two guys, Patty Mills, um, you know, Seth Curry. It'll be, you know, it'll be a good, you know, I know they've lost 10 or 11 games in a row, but um, once all those guys are back on the floor, I think, um, you know, setting isn't necessarily going to matter. And yeah, the way things go. Uh, the Nets it, might prefer to be a, a, an away team for the first time. It won't of be hours.
1: easy for them. Like they they are still, they're, they're only three games out. Out of missing the playoffs altogether,
0: yeah. But no one would right. say they're not going to make
1: it. Yeah, I know, but they're going to have to turn it around quickly, like because you can't just go from zero to hundred really quickly. Yeah, but this yeah. year, mm.
2: and the other the other thing is, and we forget because he hasn't played for that long. Ben's a bloody good defender.
1: Yeah, he is,
2: and so is Kyrie. And Durant can when he's motivated. When
1: well, he, he also can when him. he's not guarding the the like because he's. He's not being asked to guard the best player on their team, like yeah. on the on the opposition team. So, like, I think him then not having to carry the offensive and defensive load is going to see him be a much better defender as well. So that's yeah, well, I, th- I
0: mean, KD was
3: marking Greek, yeah.
0: uh, Greek freak in the um, East Finals last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, he was still putting up forties, but you know, you, you can if you have an All NBA defensive player, um, to, you, you can take possessions where they, you know, to. To guard Greek Freak because that's what's going to come come down to you know it's who who's going to guard Embiid and who's going to guard the Greek Freak in the playoffs. Um, they're the two guys you're going to worry about. Yeah. Uh, when it's all said and done, everyone else that, that they can cover.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm so, just
1: excited to see. I'm excited to see see Ben back on a team where he's going to play because he's wearing
0: uh, wearing number ten. Ten. Not, ben, 10. Not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, ben ten. I'm not sure. Ben ten. Now, was, did he wear number 10 when he played in the junior Australian rep teams? Um, um,
1: I don't really know.
0: Nah. He may have. I, I can't remember. Yeah.
1: No, he didn't. No? Yeah. No. I'm not All really right. sure. Well, I we think know he's, 20... Yeah, he's largely always been pretty focused on his dad's number.
0: 25. And one, one, one interesting side note is Dave Simmons' dad hails from New York City. That's, that's his hometown. Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's his hometown. Yeah, his grandfather. Ben's grandfather lives there, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you, know, like I,
0: you know, having some family there and, you know, like it, mm. I think it's a good situation for him and, you know, like uh, there was a comment in our one of our group chats the other day that, you know, he's given up, you know, $20, $24 million. You know, to us, it's it's uh, it's life-changing money for, for generations. But if you're on a contract of that size, you know, if you forfeit 10% of your wage to, for the next four years, be somewhere it's an ideal situation and you want to be. Yeah. Some might argue that that's probably a, a price worth paying.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, she won't no, like, i sorry. He won't lose that money, but he'll go, they'll, they'll go to arbitration. And he'll get that back. I reckon like, cause he yeah. can appeal that through the players union. And I like, I feel because of obviously the mental health issues that, have that, that he's proven have prevented him from playing. I, I, in my opinion, he'll get that money back. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but I think you're right even if he didn't if there was no chance he'll get any of it back. I, I the thing the one thing that I do know about about Van Tim is I don't know much like I said I don't know him personally I have no but I but I am friends with some members of his family but what I would say is this uh he's a kid who sticks to his guns. If he decides not to do something he won't do it. And I don't think anybody in that family ever tried to convince him Seriously, to play for the 76ers again because they knew they were wasting their breath. Like, yeah. it's like it's, it, he just he made his own mind up. And um, I know that he's, I believe that his agent tried to convince him. I mean, everyone blames Rich Paul and Clutch for facilitating this. But I could tell you that their advice pretty significantly was mate, you should, you, like, you're worth nothing on the sideline. You need to go back and play. Um, yeah. And that any agent worth their salt would recommend that because that's also what they get paid on, right? If your yeah. client's not getting paid, you're not getting paid. So, um, totally understandable for them to recommend that. Uh, but this is a person who felt so strongly about basically what he was doing that he would have quite happily given up $20 million. He didn't care. Yeah. So,
0: um, March 11, he, never caved. March 11, 2022. The Nets are at the sixes. Mm. Um, It'll be Ben's return, his homecoming to Philadelphia. So he, he won't play. Four weeks, I expect that he will play games before that happens. I don't think he'll um, play
1: that game, but I agree with Nugget. I was,
0: was going to say perhaps he, he gets rested for that game. Yeah, um, yeah, And then if should they match up again, because I think they have a couple more meetings before the end of the season's done. Is that in? Um,
1: is that scheduled to be in Brooklyn or Philadelphia?
0: The second game will be in Brooklyn. So the oh no no yeah the first one's in Philadelphia. The, no, the way one's in, no way he plays. No way he plays
1: in Philadelphia. No, yeah. He'll play um, him in Brooklyn first
0: <laughs> Yeah And yeah. then you know I guess the NBA world Will be salivating for a, a Nets Sixers playoff series Can you imagine that
1: Oh that'd be pretty good actually
0: Can you yeah. imagine that Can you imagine like you, you know what's going to happen Like it'll just be like uh, Ben will be on the court Third quarter and the Sixers Are just going to go to a hacker bin, And they're going to do what the Atlanta Hawks did to him And
3: Oh yeah absolutely and, yep. uh, yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah, um, they'll but,
1: try and embarrass him as much as they possibly can and, and win the game. Like so. Yeah. Mm. Which
0: is what all those guys are paid to do. They're paid to coaches yeah. are paid to coach that way to win the game. At the end of the day, it's about winning.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everything
0: else sort of comes second to that, even the yep. human stuff.
1: Definitely. Yeah, but they don't care about
0: that. I, for one, am happy that the saga's over. Um, it's sort of um, you know, another a lot of other big trades went down. Um, you know, no one really cares about. Most of them, except for the Torres Halliburton one, was a bit odd. Um, the Kings traded him away, he's, he's a bit of a blue chipper, yeah. Um, it but, felt like
1: they just wanted to get rid of him, like there was something going on there,
0: yeah. I think any NBA player would not want to play for Sacramento, so, <laughs> so.
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know how they recruit guys there, like I, there's like that, that's yeah, not very good, so yeah,
2: yeah. And, yeah. and old, uh, what's the play you reckon with old Smoke and Joe? In that there's Joe Ingalls,
1: yeah. So he got it, traded to Portland.
2: Does he ever wear a Portland jersey, do you reckon? No.
1: Never. No. No, no, they, they got him just because of the expiring contract. They want to be big players in the free agency market. They need to surround um they need to surround Damian Lillard now that they didn't trade him away with um with as much talent as they can. It won't be Joe Ingalls. Like I don't think he'll go anywhere near Portland, to be honest. So.
0: Yeah, he probably he may not even leave Utah and just rehab there. And I wouldn't be surprised if you know, um, if, if 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 you know, just out of the goodwill of Utah, uh, he he does his rehab around facility. I'm not sure whether that's allowed in the league rules if he's under contract with Portland. Whether or not yeah. Portland's Portland's uh, medical have to sort of um, do the rehab, or well, they may give him permission to rehab sort of out of out of the city, which you know can happen at times. Um, but you're right; I he won't ever wear a blazer uniform and. You know, if uh, if it comes to renegotiating the contract and he's healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back with the Jazz.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he. I don't think he'll go anywhere. I think he and his wife will take less money on their They've made their money now. Like they had, they, he had his big deal It just expired. Like that what was that like fifty five million or something like that. So yeah, uh, yeah he'll he'll now play because they don't want to move their kids and you know. No, that's right. They got family in that town, so I don't think they'll go anywhere. To be honest.
0: Yeah, and there's always the possibility that he may get a... I'm not sure whether a contract buyout after a trade um, mm. will totally absolve Portland, whether they benefit of, of, of waiting that out or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely don't think he'll report to the Blazers at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and part of Joe surely would have known that that was coming. Um, you know, he expressed his disappointment at it, but yep. deep down I think he, he would have had to have under, understood the situation uh, of of his sort of spot with the Jazz and and how things are shaping out with their team, they're they're not without their problems.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: What about uh what about this sort of scenario? What about um uh, Ingles to the Nets in the off season?
0: We'll never say never.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, bloody hell, The, only, the
0: only, only sad thing is that Matisse Thybul, who who you know the Nets wanted, but the Sixers wouldn't budge, and I can understand that he's a. He's he's an amazing player, Tibel with his D.
1: Oh, and the 76 sixers have put so much work into him and they haven't seen like the full results of it yet. They would have been very unlikely to let go of
3: him.
0: No, nah, no. Nah. And you know, like let's not also forget the what the Nets got two two first round picks out of it as well. So they they it's kind of funny. The Sixers, in their desperation to, to get Harden, who, you know, may or may not have signed there regardless, mm. basically gave away two picks that they were trying to obtain for Ben as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep.
0: Uh, from so my I understand,
1: guess, from my understanding, I thought I think Thibault was taken out of the deal. Otherwise, the 76ers weren't going to do it. But he was replaced by those two picks. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I believe that was the way it kind of got negotiated.
3: So,
0: yeah. Irrespective um, of Ben Simmons' uh, number ten jersey is going to be on the way. And look out for the Sports and Spit Benny the Nets special edition I, T-shirt. I just I
1: just happened to be in Rebel Sport today looking for uh, footy boots for. The young bloke for the upcoming season. And um he was wandering through the NBA racks and there was a Ben Simmons jersey, Philadelphia, and right next to a James Harden Nets jersey. I don't know if somebody <laughs> had merchandised it that way deliberately. But totally. Uh, <laughs> I thought, well, that's obviously, yeah. Some got him
0: on the clearance rack.
1: Some smart ass has been in, but yeah, they weren't well, they certainly weren't discounted. They were they were full price. But yeah, he wouldn't I would have thought no one was paying that full price for him now. Well, so, hot
0: tip, no one is buying those jerseys now. No, no one. exactly.
1: Not <laughs> a chance. Uh, very good. Does that change,
0: uh, before we uh, wrap things up, does that change things in the Eastern Conference? Does that change your finals predictions?
1: Gosh, it was that long ago. Who did I predict to make the finals? It probably wasn't either of these teams, was it? Low.
2: No, I think, I had, I said, uh, I think Milwaukee.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't I think what? it... Well, I, I had Lakers and Nets, but for all the different but... reasons. <laughs> yeah,
1: The but... well, Lakers are going nowhere near it. Are they? No, no, no chance. They no. no no lost again
0: today. LeBron missed a foul shot. Had it got fouled shooting a three, and they were down three. And he um, just had to make his first foul shot, and then he missed it. And then, do
1: you know, amongst all of this kerfuffle and the rise again of the Golden State Warriors, I'm going to call it malarkey. Let's call it malarkey. Uh, amongst all this malarkey. <laughs> with, with the Simmons and the Nets and all this sort of stuff. You know who's going about their business fairly quietly, fairly well? The Phoenix Suns. 46 yeah. and 10, boys. 46 and 10. Mm. Like, they were in the finals last year. They're 46 and 10. Nobody's spoken about them. I haven't heard a whisper about them.
2: No, nah, because they never oh, do that. But uh, mate, they, they're they not going to win a championship with Chris Paul. Though. You don't reckon? No.
1: Nah. Mate, Oh, they could be a chance this year, Nugget, I reckon.
2: No, and a very put, good chance you just put a piece of death on. Way to go!
1: Oh, yeah, I did. Well, I've done it before, <laughs> yeah. I'll do it again. Don't worry about that. So,
2: now be sure to tune in tomorrow to NBA Live when Chris As Paul, a, Chris his Paul
1: tears, his, tears his ACL and DeAndre Ayton quits the game. So, it's, it's, it's very
0: rare that that you see a club make a move at the trade deadline or in the buyout market that, that gets them over the edge. To I agree. The, championship. And the yeah, only nah. time to do it in the last 20 something years was. The Pistons, when they got Rasheed Wallace in 2004. Oh, the Raptors
1: in our championship year when we like what, like,
0: did you get? Didn't, Gasol? Was he a deadline guy?
1: Oh, no, maybe it wasn't deadline. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. so the Pistons picked up Rashid Wallace um, at the trade deadline in the trade yeah. with the Hawks and they went on, went on to win it. Um, there's a few going to be a few guys coming onto the um, guys we don't know about yet uh, onto the buyout market. Yeah. So, if any of those, you know, if, if Phoenix can jag you know, a, a semi-decent name just to extend their bench a bit, mm. um, then, yeah, they're absolutely a real shot. And they, they, they smoke teams. So yeah. um, they, yeah. they play good basketball. But, you know, Chris Paul has a history of um, going down at the wrong time. Um, he, does, he does. With injuries in the yeah. playoffs. And he's 37 or whatever he is. Um, yeah. It's a young man's game now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you got the Grizzlies trash talking LeBron. No one's scared of you anymore, sort
1: of thing. Nah. Is that what they were saying to him? No one's scared of you anymore. Yeah,
0: Desmond Grizzlies.
1: Bain. Yeah, well, you know they yeah, know what he is because he hasn't he hasn't got the supporting cast around him. Like, yeah, so, he's unbelievable, but LeBron James, like, he's what is he? How old is he now? He's like thirty six or thirty seven. Thirty seven. Oh,
0: there's a stat today. So um, this was. Uh, I'm surprised there wasn't as much hell of a made over this, but uh, today. Uh, during the game, LeBron overtook Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points in playoff and regular season ever, forty-one thousand. So they don't count playoff points for the all-time leading scorers. It's just regular season. Wow. Um, there, there is the yeah you know, a stat, you know, the one that um, the one that LeBron passed Kareem today. But that's mm. overall playoff and which I, I kind of think is weird that it's not given. The love that it probably deserves, and it's only the regular season. All-time leading scorer that that, that gets all the. the so maybe court.
1: they, maybe what they're saying there by not making a big deal out of it is that.
0: weren't as many playoff games back in the day. Yeah,
1: exactly right. So there's just not as many opportunities for uh, Kareem to score as many points or whatever because the series are longer and shit like that. So yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, but he's, no, he's unbelievable. Like, I like you can you can debate. Till the cows come home, what you want to do with regards to is Jordan the best, is LeBron the best or whatever. hey they haven't. It, he's either, he's top three or top two. Like, he's yeah. unbelievable for longevity. Like, it's crazy. So. yeah.
0: Mm. Gets a lot of knocks, but unfortunately for him, you know, his uh, supporting cast has let him down multiple times, and yeah. it's happened again. Jordan was a pretty terrible GM with his drafting after he oh. played with the Wizards when he was with the Wizards. Fucking hopeless. And per- perhaps LeBron's strength isn't um, isn't roster building, you know, with his the advice that he passes on to his management because no, he's kind no. of whiffed on 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 a number of transactions and, and roster moves over the last yeah. few years.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is probably one of the differences in terms of. Uh, so that it, I think it is quite, quite, um, quite well known. I think it was it was Jerry Krause who who did come out, even though he could have kicked Jordan and said, throughout his whole time as general manager, Jordan never came to him and asked him to trade for a certain player. Never told him who to get on the roster because he always was arrogant enough to believe. <coughs> pardon me, that he'd win with whoever he got. So. Yeah. Um, you know that probably is like probably goes to show you just be a player, don't be don't try and be everything. Like, yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, that's right. And LeBron probably tries to be that at times. Yeah. Uh, movie star, producer, all this sort of stuff. Um, one off-cuff comment was made by Bill Russell today saying that he believed that the generation he played in was actually better than the generation that Jordan played in. <laughs> So I don't know whether Bill Bill Russell's getting a bit on and uh, he's mixing up some words and getting a bit confused, but um, uh, I would say to Bill Russell that every generation is better than than the previous one. Yeah, uh, in terms so. of talent,
1: I think Bill might have been getting stuck into the medicinal marijuana, and yeah.
2: uh, <laughs> he's just mm. taken taken up and doing the back in my day thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, don't we all think that we all had it tougher or harder than every person that's ever come after us? So, yeah, yeah. You know, when it comes to
0: sports, the generation current was always more talented across the board than the generation previous. Yep. it's just the evolution of humans and, and the way the game's played, and and now people look after their bodies and, and get the most out of it. Yeah. And so
2: that's that's why we did the hard yards. So because of us, they're better.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah,
2: because we laid it. the
1: platform. We are <laughs> we we are the we are the shoulders upon which greatness stands. Exactly. We are
0: the trailblazers.
2: I know God. my I know my career. I showed people what not to do.
1: <laughs> I don't even think I'm the right to call anything that I did on a sporting field a career. I I'll think take it was a career, mate. Please yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the you qualification was. You did take six is, for
0: six or forty-two once in cricket.
1: Yeah, that was a glorious day, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, when, the, um, when the umpire turned to me and he said, I cannot believe the sh- you are bowling is getting wickets, but keep it up.
2: It's the only so, bowler I've ever seen get a wicket where it bounced twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and 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 just to remember that, boys, uh, I would have had a seventh if I didn't get so excited about getting four or five at that stage. I went and took out the fielder trying to get a court and bowled when he was going to take an absolute sitter. So I just barged him out of the way trying to take a court and bold because I wanted one on the record and dropped it. So anyway. Oh,
3: was...
0: good times. Good yeah. times. Very nice. good. Well, right, well let's uh let's let's wrap it up on Macca's great sporting moment. Um yeah. it's up there with Fatty's fucking couch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 6.42. Yeah, it was pretty lucky. All right. Very good.
3: All good, right. To good to talk to you boys. boys. Uh,
0: hopefully next time we talk, Benny Siemens may have made his first bucket as a new Jer- uh, Brooklyn net. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll analyze that plus some more footies coming up soon.
1: Well, uh, talk yeah. about not jinxing people. Why don't we just hope for his first assist? Because he, you know, because yeah. he can't shoot very well. At this day. <laughs> so.
0: Kevin uh, a Benny Simmons to Kevin Durant um, yeah. dunk.
1: Yeah, very good. Yeah.
0: Nice. Hi, right, right, boys. Gents We'll wrap it up now, and uh, next time we'll be back for episode 64. That was number 63 in the bag. Adios, amigos. We'll talk soon.
2: See you, boys.
1: All right. See you, boys.